This episode is sponsored by Echo. Hear clearly, care confidently. Learn more at echohealth.com. That's E-K-O health.com. And use code JSP for $50 off any stethoscope. Just Some Podcast Media. The thoughts and opinions on Just Some Podcast are of the hosts and guests and do not represent the views of organizations that employ them or they volunteer for. They are also not responsible for spontaneous black holes or nuclear wars that may occur. You have been warned. Welcome, 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 everybody, to another fun-filled and exciting episode of Just On Podcast. This is Tom. Hey, this is Ben. Tom, how are you, man? Everything's going great up here, Ben. Tonight, we have a special guest. I'm very excited. We have a listener who had a great idea for a show. I thought it was so great that not only did I want to do the show, I actually wanted her to come on the air to do the show with us. So tonight, we have Lakin with us. She is a nurse. I'm going to let her introduce herself now. So, Lakin. Hey, guys. I've known Tom and Ben for a little while now. I once, uh, let's see, I tackled Ben's daughter one time at his wedding. So that's how I really. That was an interesting day. That's how she welcomed us to her culture was by tackling small children. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's be fair, though, Ben. At any point, have you ever wanted to tackle a small child? Because I'm not going to lie. I've wanted to tackle a lot of small children, <laughs> especially when they ask me the same question six times in a row. I'm like, you're about to get tackled, little kid. They just don't know it. Absolutely. So I am a, a nurse. I've been a nurse for almost six years now. I've done a little bit of everything, labor and delivery, peds. But right now I am focused on ICU and ER, getting ready to start applying for CRNA school in the spring. Congratulations. Thanks. Ben, how are things in your neck of the woods? Oh, not too bad. You know, it's kids are finally back to school now. And so I made it three whole days, kind of three whole days before my first sick visit for a school note. So, I mean, that to me was a win. I did not last three days. As a matter of fact, I think one intrepid young man decided on day one, he needed to step out. So I was like, you know what? If your parents are going to let you come here, I guess we'll just go forwards with it. But yes, everything's in full swing here. It's weird trying to get back into that rotation. Like you get used to that whole, you wake up, you get ready for school, you take them to school, you do all your stuff. But then there's summertime, you know, you forget everything. And now we're trying to learn that whole pattern over again and trying to get him to school. And it's, I'm glad he's going to school. I want him to have a good time. I know he's not because most little kids don't like school for some reason, but I want him to learn stuff. I want him to have a good education. So I'm glad he's back in school. Just he, like his father is not a morning person. So that's always a, that's always a good fight. First thing in the morning, get your blood pumping, you know, a little fisticuffs, but other than that, no, everything's been great. So Lakin, Taking kids to school, do you enjoy doing so? Well, at least you guys, I assume you guys get to take your kids to the same school, like where everyone pretty well kind of knows who you are. My kids started a new school this year. So like I have to, I'm still in the phase of like trying to look like a decent mom. So like I'm still so new that I have to like wear a bra when I take her and like 
do something with my hair and it's super fucking annoying. Give it a week or two and you can yeah. you know, just be normal. It'll be fine. You don't have school Crocs yet? I don't have no school Crocs. I wish I did. Yeah. Yeah, no. At some point, and it, they don't necessarily have to be Crocs. I just, that's what I call it when I look down and I'm like, oh, we're all just wearing whatever we threw on literally before we walked out the door. I call those school Crocs. I like that. Yeah. I yeah. still so, have to, you know, like, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was just thinking like this morning, for instance, when I drove her to school, I had to act like I didn't just threaten to murder her five minutes prior. Yeah. Kind of like when we go to church on Sundays and I'm sitting there like, knowing that four minutes ago when we were on, we were late for church that I was like, you guys better get your fucking shit together. We will go in here. We will worship the Lord. Or you will meet the Lord. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) There you go. So I don't know everyone well enough here to really bring out my full personality yet. It'll happen before the end of the show. It'll happen. We'll suss that out. It'll be great. (laughs) Yeah. So Lakin again, has never heard the show. She doesn't know what's about to happen. So this is Ben's favorite thing to do. And that is he has memorized our entire intro thing. And he just says it every time. People think it's a sound clip, but it's not. You mean like the Darth Vader stuff? No. <laughs> like the beginning of Star Wars? No, not the scroll. No. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, actually. It I sounds guess like that. Yeah, kind of like that. Far away, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, 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 I thought that was like a recording. That. Okay, go. No, that's him. I didn't mean to steal your thunder. Go ahead. I think she's thinking about a different show, but it's okay. <laughs> it's one of your shows. <laughs> She's, We're easy. To, oh, she's thinking of we'll continue to monitor. Yeah, she's thinking yeah of that. that's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> well, on the podcast you happen to be on, <laughs> my bad. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. All just some podcast. You can find us on the web at www.justsomepodcast.com. Email us if you want to be on the show, like Lakin. You know, we might let you do that. JSP at justsomepodcast.com. Don't forget to reach out to the plethora of shows under the Justin Podcast Media umbrella. We have will continue to monitor as Lakin, you know, so brilliantly alluded to earlier. And then we have buried pleasures with Pollyanna talking about all the dirty dirty. Tom was on that show not too long ago. And of course we have Nurse Papa with David. So check out all our shows. Tom, if they want to know about this show, not the other this show. <laughs> yeah, this show. At least it was one of your shows. Correct. At least she wasn't like, I love it when you guys do stuff you should know. I'm like, really? Thank you. So if they want to help out just some podcasts, though, they can go to the JSP website. Scroll down to just about the bottom of the page. You'll see an Amazon affiliate link. Click on that before you do any of your shopping or browsing or putting anything in your cart, because then anything you buy helps out the show. We really appreciate it. It doesn't cost you anything. You won't even know we were there. Nice, nicely done, sir. Nicely done. Thank you. Also, don't forget to give us some ratings and reviews because that helps other people find our show also. So, Yeah, because we clearly need it when our own guest ratings. doesn't know what show it is. Eh, so. You know, be Jesus, nice. guys. <laughs> be nice. Guys, I'm sticking up for you. <laughs> yeah, well, just let me know because I also have some – I have a couple of updates on the Poopitrator oh. that I'd like to share. <laughs> well, you know – we got some shit going down. <laughs> this might be really <laughs> You have piqued my interest. <laughs> you know what, Jason? <laughs> we don't know what's about to happen next. You're about to splice two shows together. So, <laughs> Ben? Was that on Will Continue? <laughs> yes. Yes. Fuck. <laughs>
Wow. You went from the most to least prepared guest instantaneously. <laughs> That's what just happened. She so for those that don't see the video, I don't even know if they're gonna hear this. We'll see how this <laughs> But for those that are listening, I want you all to know pre-show, Lakin was showing us the reams of paper that she has collated, <laughs> hole punched, coordinated, put together alphabetically, and then highlighted sections. So she could talk to us about it during the show and then forgets what goddamn show she's on. So I don't really know. I get, you know what, Lakin, we're going to call this. That's 50. You got 50. Okay. Because oh <laughs> you're really well prepared, but for the wrong fucking show. So that's 50%. Well, I didn't thought there were no rules. So I thought we could talk about whatever we wanted to in this. You thing. know what? You said no I, rules. Oh, okay. I guess I thought within the context of the show itself, but you know. Let's just do whatever. Okay. Well, sorry, Jason. <laughs> but I would like to at least tell Ben about the workings of the oh, poop trader. I'm you again. You yeah, there you go. Answers. Let's Please. do it. Well, yeah. I was telling Tom, I feel like I know who it is. <laughs> it's go. my friend, Caitlin. <laughs> it is her. <laughs> Do you want to know how I know? Because (laughs) every time she threatens me, she says, if you don't stop that, Lakin, I'm going to go outside. I'm going to shit on your windshield. And that is her threat. Well, I mean, you raise a convincing point. And then also, then today, I'm driving home from Hobby Lobby, minding my own business. And there's this Subaru in front of me like a little crossover SUV thing. And there is just a green plastic bag of shit dangling from like the back windshield wiper. I took a photo of it so I could send it to you guys to see. All right. Like, I don't know what it was from or anything, but it was there. Maybe the poopa trailer. And I'm just, I just thought it's going to fall on my car. So so it was half poopa trader and half final destination. Like, (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want a rock poop rock to come through my windshield and kill me at 60 miles an hour. I and mean, I started uh, thinking, well, maybe they went to the dog park and they didn't want, they couldn't find a trash can. I don't know. And so they put it back there. I just sent you the text oh, so you can see yeah. a picture of it. Yeah. No, that's it. Okay. Now we can get back to just some podcast. <laughs> I appreciate that. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Ben, did you get it or do I need to send it to Ben? I don't no, have this number. Okay. Well, while you're sending that, Tom, why don't we do our story that you may have missed and try to get this show, this one, back on track? <laughs> let's, let's do so, yes. Okay. All right, Tom. So on August 16th, President Biden signed into law the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. This includes a broad package of health tax and climate change provisions. And the law includes several provisions to lower prescription drug costs for people with Medicare and reduce drug spending by the federal government. So these provisions are going to start taking effect in 2023, and I have a kind of a timeline of how things are supposed to work. So in 2023, it's going to require drug companies to pay rebates if the drug prices rise faster than inflation, and those rebates go back to Medicare. Um, it's going to limit insulin co-pays to $35 a month for Part D, and it's going to try to reduce costs and improve coverage for adult vaccines in Medicare Part D, Medicaid, and CHIP. In 2024, it eliminates the 5% coinsurance for Part D catastrophic coverage. It also expands the Part D low-income subsidy to 150% of the federal poverty level. 2025, it caps off 
$2,000 for out-of-pocket cap in Part D for other drug benefit changes. And then in 2026 through 2029, the government is going to start negotiating prices for drugs. And so in 2026, it'll be 10 Medicare Part D drugs through 2029, where it'll be up to 20 Part B and Part D drugs. So, I mean, I know you work in family practice like I do, work with Medicare patients. This is obviously a big issue as far as making sure that, you know, we, I mean, I know I have patients personally that are trying to decide they want to do medicine or food or medicine and a mortgage. So hopefully some of this will help to, you know, alleviate some of those concerns for that population. Tom, your thoughts. I think it's a good first step. I think it's a move in the right direction. I just don't think it's enough. And I don't mean that anything bad, unlike this debacle with student loans. I shouldn't say the debacle was the government's fault for once. I actually don't blame the government for what has been messed up. I blame everybody else bitching about it constantly. And honestly, I think that this is going to turn into something of the same thing. It's a good thing. It's the right thing. I wish there was more of it. So instead of bitching about it, I hope the government goes, okay, well, we did some good stuff. We want to expand on the good stuff because like you said, there is very little that's more heartbreaking to see somebody that came to you for help. You offer the help and them not be able to get it. And like, that's like the ultimate heartbreak. They know you need it. Now, you know, they need it and now you can't get it to them. And so I really hope that not only is this successful, but I hope we expand on it. And we, as a country, we expand on it. I just want to see it happen. It took this long. Right. I mean, it's taken this long to get anywhere. I hope it moves faster for step two, but I'm not going to hold my breath. I understand. Lakin, you got any thoughts on that? Number one, I agree. It's super heartbreaking. Number two, I would like to know when they're going to, you know, finally understand that the cost of all of these people that can't get their drugs at home it's going to cost the government way more for these people to be seen and stay in my ICU. Uh, for long periods of time via, you know, because they aren't taking their diuretics for their CHF or, you know, their inhalers and stuff like that, or someone that's in DKA that can't afford their insulin. I mean, at the end of the day, if these people can't pay for their prescription drugs, they're not going to be able to pay for, you know, $25,000 ICU stay. So. No, I 100% agree. And it's one of those things I constantly ask myself, like when you look at, we'll say LASIK for eyes, right? The insurance company would rather pay more over a longer period of time for you to have glasses of contacts than to pay for a simple surgery that literally takes you five minutes and you heal within a couple of days, right? Because they're betting that they can drain you of more money before you'll recoup it. Mm Mm-hmm. That should tell you right there what a scam and crime insurance companies are in America, and I hope they all become felons someday. But that's a whole other topic or a whole other subject. Yeah, yeah. But no, I think Lakin brings up a very good point in if they can't afford, you know, Ozempic, $10,000 a day ICU is going to get real costly, and I don't think they're going to be covering that either. So who's going to eat that bill? We are. So... We can either pay $30 for a vial of insulin and prevention, which I know there's a lot of people, and I can even point to them. I think we all know who I'm talking about that say we shouldn't help out anybody 
but they're willing to pay for when that person can't, you know, cover their medical bills. I don't understand. And Americans are like, why are we having so many problems? Well, maybe math might be part of the issue on this one. But regardless, I really do think it's a good thing that we did. I think that there's more that can be done, and I hope that we move towards that. So that's what I'm trying to be hopeful. I'm not very good at being optimistic, but this is one of those times. So. Not Tom, but thank you. you yeah, yeah I, I do what I can just for you too. Well, Tom, let's take a break here. And then on the other side of the break, we will get into our main topic tonight. Hey, Tom, you know, Superman had a lot of superpowers. I mean, he had the ability, you know, he had like the x-ray vision, he could stop a train and stop a bullet and all this other cool stuff. You know what else he had? He had super hearing. And he had the ability to hear everything on Earth, every conversation on Earth, which is a little creepy. But I mean, that's you know, from that's from the comic books. Have the that ability to. But you know what else gives you super hearing, Tom? An Echo Lippman core stethoscope. Exactly, because it gives you that forty time amplification, noise cancellation, it Bluetooth right to your phone, and I mean, you can have Superman type hearing. Lakin, do you have a? Echo stethoscope? I do not have an Echo stethoscope. I have used one. I do use an Echo Core 3M Littman stethoscope, and I would agree. I can't hear everything on Earth, but I can hear the most important things, which are my patient's sounds. So it is a game-changing piece of equipment. I hope everybody listening gets one, especially the person on my show. Go to echohealth.com. It's ekohealth.com. Use code JSV. Give you $50 off your order. Let you know that we sent you. Hey, Tom, who makes some of the strongest CBD products on the market today? That would be CBD stat. And whose products are completely THC free? I believe it'd be CBD stat. And who makes a warming salve, a calming, cooling lotion, oils, and other salves? Mm, I'm going to say CBD stat. And who loves your healthcare people? Definitely CBD stat. That's right. CBD stat is going to give you a 40% discount for being in healthcare. You go to cbdstat.care slash healthcare. Fill out that form. They're going to give you a permanent 40% discount for anything you order from them. I don't think it'll help you keep your earbuds in your ears, but I mean, yeah, it might. If you're listening to our show and you're not in healthcare and you're like, well, I feel left out. Well, we don't want that to happen. You go to cbdstat.care. You put everything in your cart. And then when you're ready to check out, Tom, what code do they use? JSP20. Yeah, JSP20. It's going to give them 20% off their product just because you're listening to our voice right now. Go check them out. CBDstat.care. I'm going to preface this part of the episode with, I have intentionally not done research because Tom kept saying, this is so this is such a cool story. This is such a cool story. I can't wait to tell this story. I can't wait for you to hear it. Lakin is super excited too. So I have intentionally not done research because I want educated and I'm looking forward to this interesting story. So Ben Lakin messaged me and said, hey, I have this really great story. And I said, okay, what is it? Because I know Lakin, so I was like, it can't be that good of a story. But she starts to tell me about <laughs> she starts to tell me about the radium girls. And at first I was like, okay, I know what radium is, right? But I didn't know much about it. And I sure as hell didn't know much about the radium girls. Though, weirdly enough, I had heard of them and I knew it was like a group of girls and something had happened to them, but that's really the pretty much the extent. And as I started to look up things, Ben, well, the story actually kind of, I thought, Lakin, and I want to hear your, actually it starts off pretty good, believe yeah. it or not. Yeah, the story starts off 19, I want to say 1919, 
it's in between 1916 and 1919, all right? Radium first comes from Europe to America. They start refining it. They start doing all their product work here, okay? And so U.S. Radium and U.S. Dial Corporations are two of the three corporations that were involved in this story. And they all kind of start putting things together. And they said, hey, so we got this cool stuff and it glows, right? And we got these watches and face on clocks we want to be able to see at night especially our boys in war right like you can't be using lights at night that's how the enemy shoots you so if we give them this radium we put on their watches right boom bingo bingo oh, yeah all the problems are solved right yeah it does it makes a lot of sense and here's the good parts okay is they started opening these factories here in america they started employing all these women and they were paying them really well like really well and it was considered a prestigious job. It was really nice work environment. Like, you know, when you think of factory work, it's never something pleasant. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And then especially when you think of the 1900s, like early 1900s, like the reason we have labor laws. Yeah. Not exactly an ideal situation to be working in, but these girls, they had nice desk. They had really good, you know, facilities, like everything was going well for them. I think they, I think I read somewhere that they were getting paid like the equivalent of what would be like 40 grand a year now. Yeah. And see, and so this is the part I agree. I don't know the exact conversion. <clears throat> I do know it was quite a bit. I mean, for back then, it was well above what we would consider minimum wage for them back then. I think it might have been a little different because I actually heard for like one of the factories, like they did get a certain amount of money, but they also got like a penny for every watch face yes. that they painted. So you could make $2 a day. Well, nowadays that doesn't sound like a lot, but in 1919, it was a shit that was like, yeah, that was like a hundred bucks. Right. So these girls were making a salary plus cranking out, you know, a hundred bucks a day. And I actually, I watched an interview with an ex radium girl and she said, we loved it because we could do whatever we wanted. You know, we didn't have to wait for somebody to tell us we could do something. We didn't have to ask our parents. We didn't have to ask our husbands or our boyfriends or whoever. Like we were totally independent women in 1919. And that was something pretty rare. And they were taking it. So my first question is, you're saying radium girls. So the spectrum ran pretty much from 14 to 21. Now, there was was younger. Yeah. I say at some points, the oldest radium girl that I'm aware of was 28. Okay. And the youngest, I want to say was 12. So we're talking, it was 11. Okay. So 11 to 28. All right. So some of these girls were pretty young, but for the majority of the story, the ones that we want to focus on, we're talking 14 to 21. All right. So that's really the, but I mean, my kid's only 10, you know, so I'm looking, you're saying a 14 year old girl. I'm like, that's not realistically unfar off from where my own kid could be, you know? So when we start talking more about the story and you apply it to your own children, you started getting a little more upset, you know, but that's where that's how the story starts. It actually starts good. You know, we start doing all the stuff. They're paying these women a lot of money. They're putting them in really good physical. Like they had no hostile work environment. Like nobody complained about where they were working in the beginning. And they were saying, hey, you know, like this is a great job. And so there are these two people in like the late 1800s named Marie and Pierre Curie. And they <laughs> may like- have heard of them then. Yeah, I've heard of them then. <laughs> And they discovered the element of radium and found out, found that it glowed. So that's where we all got started. And then they sold that tip to the radium corporations and the radium dial company. And then the U.S. government got a hold of it and found out, like you said, that it glowed and they could paint the watches, but it wouldn't, it wasn't luminescent enough to trigger the enemy to see us. 
And so they started bringing all these women in because there were no men to work. Think of a, the face of a watch. I mean, those numbers are tiny, itty bitty little things. So what started out really great ended up being really bad because in order for these women to paint these itty bitty dials, they had these camel hair brushes and the form that they used was like a radium powder and they mixed it with a little bit of liquid. But what they would do is they would dip their paintbrush. Did you actually hear the name of the paint? This was one of the coolest things I thought. Undark. The name of the paint? Undark. Yeah, that's the Just, name of the whole let's paint. Let's keep it's it simple. Yeah, you cool. got to love that. Yeah. Undark. See, things were dark. And then you know what I put on it? Undark. Hey, you know what I can do when I have it undarked? I can see it. Ah, <laughs> there you go. Okay. Joke's on you, commies. Yeah, Jesus. Um, but back then, so like back then when radium was like this big deal and it first came out, like everyone was super excited about it because they found that it decreased tumors in like cancerous patients. So now we know that while it does help decrease tumors and it does fight cancer, it also, I mean, can kill you. I mean, it's not necessarily good for your body. But back then they thought, oh my God, it kills cancer. So they were just like, fuck this. We're putting everything. I mean, I found ads on here for radium butter. They had little like metal capsules that had like little bits of radium in it that you could like put in a glass of water, like put in a jar of water so you could have radium water to drink. Yeah. yeah. Did you see anything? There was an ad for a, well, it was, they called it a tonic. It called Radithor. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. Basically it was radiated water. They ran it through pipes that had radium. So it would be irradiated and then they'd sell it and they said it was good for everything. Oh, you have prostate problem. Great. You have a bad period. Great. Your skin needs brightened up. Great. Oh, you have constipation. Great. Like literally this guy was selling Radithor as they could fix anything. Really what it was doing though, is you were ingesting radium. So let's talk about radium for just a minute. As she pointed out, Madame Curie found it back in the day. As a matter of fact, you know, interesting fact about Madame Curie, I believe she's one of the only people, if not the only person to win two Nobel Peace Prizes, one of which was for physics for discovering uranium and radium and these radioactive isotopes. Okay. So she knows a lot about it. And you know what she died of, Ben? Assuming, you know what Madame Curie died of? I assume radium poisoning. Do you know? Aplastic anemia caused from radiation. But that's what I'm saying is if the person who found it, who was said that she liked the glow so much that she would put it in the glass vials and keep it in her pockets. So like when she'd get to a new workstation, Madame Curie would just take it out and sit it next to her so she could look at the glowing. Like she liked it that much. Of course, that's also what was killing her. So that sucks. But I guess what we're getting back to is if the person who found it didn't even realize it was this dangerous at first, it's kind of hard for us to kind of blame anybody else. You know, the thing is, Ben, the thing is that after a while we started going, this stuff's bad for you. All right. And the chemist working at both U.S. Radium Corporation and U.S. Dial Corporation started to figure out. And I think the girls started to figure out because that's when they started to notice, hey, you have me painting dials and paint that I hand make with this radium that I'm putting in there with my bare hands. But you wear a lead mask, lead apron, and won't touch it with your bare hands. And their answer to these girls was, nah, it's fine. 
Yeah. So okay. I so was this just, is when the story starts to turn. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So what I was telling what I was telling you earlier, Ben, is how the women painted these dials. Like, like he's saying the chemists, and I think they chalked it up to they said, oh, well, we're handling radium in its like raw form, and they were saying, but the powder that you're handling isn't enough to cause you harm. But these women would take their brushes, dip it mix the paint, dip it, paint the dial. And then they were instructed to lip point. So after they painted one number, they put the brush in their mouth to point the brush before they dipped it in the paint again. So every dial, they would lip point. So every time that they did that, I mean, and you, and I think I read, yeah. So I think I read one of the like faster working ladies was doing like 200, or 215 watch like faces a day. And then these women who all thought, well, this is awesome. We love the way it makes us look and us glow. They would wear like their best gowns to work like on a Friday and they would like paint their teeth with it. They'd sprinkle it in their hair. They'd so paint when they their nails drinking. with it. So then when they went out, they would glow. They glow. Literally. They said they'd, they'd walk down the street and they would call them ghost girls. Mm-hmm. And the interview I saw with one of the girls that had worked there, it was really interesting because she said even when they weren't going out, because they had been asking, you know, they saw the guys handling it with tongs and they said, well, is this safe? They said, of course it's safe. So they thought, well, then I can just put it on me. So what they would do for fun, she said they would paint designs on their face because during the day you could kind of see it like in the bright light. Well, they had dark rooms. So they would all walk into the dark rooms and then you could see each other. So whatever design you had put on your face. So if you drew yourself to look like a cat. You couldn't tell out in the sunlight, but as soon as you walked in the dark room, you have a glowing cat face. And they all thought that was a great idea at first. Sounds like fun. Yeah, sounds like fun when you're told it's safe. And again, that's really what this should come back to. And I think that's how the story is going to end is maybe that part. But so let's talk about this for a second, because we're about to start getting into what started going wrong. Not just the corporation part of what's going wrong, but physically. So what's going wrong? So radium is an alkaline earth metal. Right. There's only five other ones. I think there's yes. Okay. So there's six total. Lakin, do you know what one of the other alkaline earth metals is? Did Uranium? you see this in your research? No, I didn't. No, calcium. Cal. Oh. Calcium. Okay. Yeah. So when your body doesn't know the difference between radium. Yeah, that makes and sense. I did that. Okay. It sucks the calcium so, out of your bones. And you're ingesting it. They weren't wrong completely. Like, you don't want to be around radium, okay? Anybody out there listening to this, you should not be out handling radium for just fun, okay? <laughs> let's just put that out there. But it is much more dangerous when you ingest it. Like, let's say I painted 200 watch faces and stuck the brush in my mouth. Now you're ingesting it. So now your body goes, I have this stuff. What is this stuff? Oh, this stuff looks exactly like calcium. I'm going to start splitting you off and start pumping you into bones because I need you to make me big and strong like calcium does. So, Ben, what happens, do you think, if I start pumping a bunch of radioactive material into someone's bone marrow? My suspicion would be that the bones weaken. What do you know? So, where, as Miss Lakin has already said once during the show that they were doing the lip pointing, which, again, is something I saw multiple times. And I was like, okay. So, if I keep painting my face, in particular my lips, with a substance that's going to leach into my bones – Well, 
you can see where this is going. We started to have mouth problems. And that's kind of where it started. I did read some reports where some of the girls started talking about like general overall. And one of the main things that we saw, I should say we, I saw repeatedly was body aches. Like they're like, man, my whole body is just like, I was feeling great. Like I felt rosy. I felt alive. I felt ready to go, but now I just feel tired. And now my bone and my joints ache. And then as they kept progressing, one of the things they kept all noticing, excuse me, what they kept noticing was teeth started getting really loose. They started falling out. And then there was the young lady that went to the dentist. Oh God. Yes. Molly, Molly Maggio. <clears throat> so Molly was one of the very, very good dial painters. She was one of the ones that was known for getting a lot of dials done in a day. Well, she started having these like mouth sores and tooth problems. So she went to the dentist and in the beginning she had a tooth taken out. And then a couple of weeks later, she went back to the dentist because her mouth was still hurting and where they had extracted the tooth would not heal. It was just continuing to become necrotic. So they ended up having to take the next tooth out. One, one little thing in between here, she goes to her primary physician. Okay, we're not even I don't even know if we're going to get time to tackle what all this corporations did to these poor girls. But she goes to her private physician. He's like, I don't know what is wrong with you, but there's a lot. (laughs) There's a (laughs) lot going wrong. And honestly, girl, you need to do something about your breath because it smells like you're dying inside. Pretty much exactly what he said to her. You need to go back to your dentist. So. So she went back to the dentist and he's like, oh, you know, we're going to have to start taking out multiple teeth. When he goes in, he's starting to take out, trying to take out what he thinks is like broken off pieces of her teeth because it's coming out and it's white and ashy. And he realizes I'm digging out this lady's jaw was just like so porous that he was just like scooping it out with his finger out of the abscess. He completely removed her entire bottom jaw. Primarily with his hand. Like through the hole of the abscess. That's also where the problems for Miss Molly continued is because, okay, so he got the necrotic, you know, tissue, bone, all this stuff out of this abscess. Unfortunately, the damage had already been done. So, again, we're not going to get into everything that happens with uh, ionizing radiation poisoning and stuff like that. But it's been blasting her from the inside out. She's been applying it to her face, and it's been leaching into her bone and her jaw. Okay? This is not a good combination, as the rest of the girls are about to find out pretty quick. Because, like like it said, Molly was pretty early on. Now, she was pretty bad case, maybe the worst, but she was also pretty early on, which has got to be terrifying. If you're the girl that sat next to Molly and worked with her for a couple of years. Yeah, no shit. Because if you're, yeah, because if you're watching this, you're like, I'm next, you know? So but would you, she's okay, but sick. Would you, would you honestly think you're next or because yeah. the corporation is still say, telling you this shit's yeah. safe? The, the, so again, that's, so that's part of what we're going to start getting into. Cause we're going to talk about why they got sick. And then we're going to talk about what happens after they get sick. But what's going on at this point for the girls back at the station. And again, this is, well, somewhat conjecture. I mean, I only had some interviews that I got to see. But again, this is 1916. And a lot of these girls didn't live. So there ain't a ton of, you know, recorded interviews or anything like that. But basically what they were saying is even though at first the guys kept saying, no, it's perfectly safe. So they kept working. But when enough girls got sick, the girls were like, nah. Now, here's the really messed up part. Most of them couldn't afford to quit working. So even they knew that they were going to get sick. And even though they knew that those guys were lying their ass off to them, 
they kept working because they had to. Like, you want to make money, you got to do stuff, right? So Molly is sick. The other girls are watching this, and they start going, wait a minute, bro. Mm -mm. This is not cool at all, right? So they start to fight back. But that's when the corporations, which already were pretty crappy, because the problem is at first you could actually say, well, nobody knew. Like, even, you know, like I said, Mary Curie didn't know. Like, U.S. Radium Corporation could have pled to ignorance up until their own chemists started going, no, this stuff's bad. This stuff is going to start causing some real physical health problems. And as a matter of fact, just as a point of interest, the guy who invented Undark oh, I'm was the for- you say this, Tom. Yeah, he would. Oh, go ahead. You're stealing it from me. So the inventor of Undark, Dr. Sabin, Avon Sakaki. I butchered that, but it's fine. So he visited the studio one time, was walking around and saw that these women were painting it and dipping the brushes and putting it in their mouth. And he straight up stopped and said to one woman, like, hey, don't do that. Don't do that. You're, it'll make you sick. And so later, this chick goes up to her manager and she's like, hey, like, Dr. Saban over here is telling me, don't put this stuff in my mouth. It's going to make me sick. And the manager and all the higher ups are like, oh, no, no, you must have misunderstood. It's completely safe. And like made up all these reasons why it was safe. But then when the girls started getting really, really sick, I think there were like five of them, right, Tom? Five of them that were, that in the very beginning wanted to take yeah. the corporations like to court yeah. over it. When they did that, the U.S. Radium Corporation was like, you know what? We're going to do what we need to do for you because we want to protect you. And we're going to have like a study done. So they paid for like, some guy, I can't remember what his name was, but ended up, he came in and like did a, what do you call it? Edit Jason, because I can't remember what I'm doing, what I'm doing, having a stroke, a study. Yes. <laughs> did a study over everything. And even that said that it was terrible, but they didn't ever release any of the documents. It just kept saying that it was, it was fine. Then they said, we're going to have a doctor come in and look at all you girls just to check you out. We'll pay for your checkups and everything. This dude comes in, does all of these physicals, and then publishes that these girls are all completely healthy and fine. Tells them they're all completely healthy and fine. Correct. Turns out he was even a doctor. Yeah, correct. So, yeah, that's one of the things we're going to talk about. This guy that said he's a doctor, he ain't even a doctor. That should tell you what these guys are up to. So, first of all, Dr. Sabin, he was the 14th victim of his own creation. He died of radiation poisoning due to Undark because he was using it at first without gloves and he got it into the bones in his hands and it eventually started to just continue. So this is also very common for any of the radium girls was not just their face and mouth, like their hands, their joints, anything that was regularly exposed to radium. They were starting to get these illnesses because at first they're like, oh, if I rub a little bit on my cheeks, I get this rosy glow. Well, yeah, because you're irritating the shit out of your skin. Okay. But you do that about a hundred times and guess what? Now your skin is going to start to decompose. So that's kind of the things that start to happen. And as they start to recognize, here are the problems and here are the health issues that we're starting to go. And the girls can no longer avoid this, right? Like, like I said, some of them are still choosing to move forward, or maybe some of them are still blindly exposed, you know, ignoring the science and the clear and open things that are happening in front of them and choosing to believe the person behind the curtain that telling them everything is fine. But overall, the girls know what's going on, right? Now things are starting to come out. And that's when these girls are going, no, this is not appropriate. 
So the corporations start to do those things that Lakin just talked about. One guy faked being a physician and had a vice president of the corporation pose as another physician to back him up while they interviewed the girls. And as the girls would ask him questions, they would just tell them they were fine. Maggie, when she died of all her abscesses in her mouth, and I saw two different reasons why she died, so I don't know which one to say, but either one, it was due to severe illness because of the radium. The doctors at that point in time, again, early on, did not recognize it as radiation poisoning because it's 1919 at this point. They didn't know what the hell, you know, radium, all the, all the stuff was talking about. So this doctor, this coroner, list on her... Death certificate, possible syphilis. What the fuck? As the reason. Yeah. Well, okay. It doesn't really match it with syphilis, but at the same time, they didn't know there was a thing called radium. It literally had just got invented, or I shouldn't say invented, found. Okay. It just got found. They weren't sure what was happening to people. What they did know about, though, was syphilis. And they're like, well, she's got a bunch of rashes and abscesses. They're in her mouth. I think they were doing it to discredit the women. Well, you know, I would say that later on, but I think that very first physician, they have found no linkage whatsoever between Probably. that corner and Probably everybody else. Not. So that that first one was just going, hey, I don't know what this is. And to be fair to him, he did not say definitively, this is a venereal disease. Okay. What he said was, I don't know exactly what's going on, but I have to put something. This looks like syphilis. So I'm putting possible syphilis. Well, boy, those corporations sure did lock down. Right. So now they're going after all these girls and saying they must be hookers. They must be sleeping around, and that's why they're really sick. It has nothing to do with radium. It's because wow. those dastardly girls. And Assholes. let's face it, you know, girls have some problems, okay? But in this case, oh, see, there we go. That's the look I was looking for. Tom. So, <laughs> but the point is, no, nobody believes I really think that. I yes, just I don't it. believe it either. Yeah. But, yeah, so these girls are suffering, and now the corporations – inadvertently have found a scapegoat, right? So they're trying to say, all these girls got VD, right? That's what they called uh, syphilis back in the day was the old venereal disease. I guess everything was just called VD. Does that sound a little more like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Eloquent? Just say, hey, you got the old VD, right? You don't have... (laughs) You don't have crabs or gonorrhea. You got VD, baby. You make it sound cool, Tom. See, thank you, all right? So, I mean... <laughs> no, there's not, I was gonna say there's no way I could say I have VD and it sounds cool, but yeah. So, anyways, the point is that these girls are getting ramrod, right? They are getting screwed over real hard, and nobody's helping them. And as a matter of fact, in that interview I was just talking about, one of the girls, the parents, this is at a time when you know money is scarce. We're talking, we're just about to go into you know, Great Depression. It's between the Great Depression and World War One. All right, not a real prosperous time, you know, for a lot right. of Americans. American business, sure, not American, you know, society or middle class, which there wasn't even really one at that point in time. But these parents are so sure there's something wrong with their little girl, and it is not syphilis. They take her all the way to Chicago. All right, all the way to Chicago, way far away from Orange, New Jersey, where this factory is. And the doctor in Chicago says, this is absolutely radiation poisoning. There is no way I will put that on any sort of report because they will kill my career or possibly me literally if I put that on a piece of paper. So I don't know what to tell you. This is how you take care of your little girl, but there's no way you can do it because nobody will help you. Because if I help you, I have to admit it's radiation poisoning. And there's no way that those guys are going to let that happen. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yes. So. That is what's happening to these, well, literally yeah. children. Like we're talking 14-year-old girls. Their, their teeth are falling out of their head Yeah, so, so that like, these guys can make money. Yeah, it's disgusting. So to like back up and just like give you like a, an overall sort of 
like symptoms that we're seeing in these women or that these women are seeing. So we know about the tooth problems. We know about the ulcers in the jaw, bleeding gums. They were also having issues like their menstruations were stopping. They were becoming sterile. They weren't able to have any kids. A lot of miscarriages, stillborn babies. And then just overall weakened bones, like you said, Ben, where these women would literally just be walking around and like their leg would break. Mm -hmm. Or they would sit down and they would like their vertebrae would just like collapse. One of the things I saw is one of the 14-year-old girls that also went to a dentist when he was just trying to move her jaw to like open it up so he could see her teeth, broke her jaw just by pushing down on it so that he could see her teeth. A 14-year-old girl. Wow. And again, I want to remind you that grown-ass men – who cared about money more than other human beings, not only did they lie when they could have helped these girls. Now, granted, medical treatment back then was still going to be rudimentary, okay? But they could have done something, if nothing else, to help their pain. Yeah. If nothing else, to make them more comfortable as they died. Instead, they were like, I bet this 14-year-old has syphilis. Yes. They accused children of having venereal diseases so that they didn't have to pay for it. Not bullshit. Yeah, that is. I, it's, it's a little beyond bullshit. <laughs> like I just, it, it's a total man dick ass thing to do, Tom. Don't you agree? Boom! I couldn't have said it better than myself. Okay, I'm just, I just keep thinking about it. Is how the story starts off with, wow, this is a great thing. You know, yeah, we got this stuff. It's saving soldiers' lives in war. Like it literally for did. The women. Yeah, freedom for the women, and we're going to use you. We're going to use that freedom to hang you with it. Yep. So that's pretty much what they just did. So here's your freedom rope, and then jump off a cliff with it. Yeah, yeah. it was. Uh, it was something. The more I read, and the more I learned, and like I said, here's the problem, Ben, is that honestly, we've talked for 52 minutes now. This is like a scratch on the surface. Really, the story for us, because it's a medical show, is about the symptoms and what these girls went through and how they got it. Okay, what we really should look at someday or what somebody should be really looking at is how did we allow American corporations to get to the point where they not only did get away with it, that they thought they could get away with it. And are things like that still happening now? Right. I'm obviously not radiation or something like that. I'm just saying, well, if you think about it, the cigarette companies. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They're still doing it. They're still doing it. And they're like, no, it's no, it just doesn't. You know, I mean, like I said, the sad part has been, is there is some product out there right now that we're going to do this story about 10 years from now? We're going to say, oh, this senator, he knew. Here's the evidence. And the sad part is, in America nowadays, somebody's still not going to believe it. That's the crazy part. At least when the Radium story came out, nobody said the little girls were liars. Well, the corporation did. Well, the corporation did, but the rest of America had eyeballs and common sense and said, this is a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. Now it took a minute to get there. So at what point did they stop using radium? And I can't remember where it was, but it was like a long ways away from New Jersey where they didn't know like that these other girls were having all these problems and, and were like going to court for this kind of stuff. So like word hadn't traveled to them. And I read that, that, that radium dial corporation bought like glass, like sticks basically for the women to, 
to paint with, but because they were still telling the women that radium was safe for them to use and they weren't, the women weren't able to paint as fast. So they weren't able to make as much money. And since they were telling these women that it was still safe, a lot of those women threw those to the wayside and started using their brushes again. So then, you know, you alluded to the sickness that the girls had and several of them died and you said something about court cases. So, I mean, what was the, I mean, the outcome? They, yeah. Okay. So, so these five women said, we want to take these people to court. Mind you, they were very ill at this point. Like a couple of them couldn't walk. They were bedridden, stuff like that. And back then the statute of limitations on some shit like this was two years. So they were going through all the motions, trying to find a lawyer. No one would take their case. Yes. Tom, like Tom said, these radium corporations were like in everybody's pockets. They finally found this lawyer, I can't remember his name, to take their case. And then the radium corporation was like pushing the case off with stupid ass excuses like this person is going to be out of the country for like studying for something or whatever. But basically they're trying to push the case back until after the two years or the women died. Correct. So they wouldn't have to pay out anything. Yeah. Like one of the court cases, the defense, the corporations was trying to argue that they shouldn't have to have some kind of motion go forward. And again, I can't tell you exactly which one, but some motion was filed. Oh, we can't, it should be dismissed because not even all the girls are here. That's because two of them had to be brought to the courthouse in a wagon, like laying walk. down in a wagon. They could not even sit up or walk anymore. And these assholes were trying to say, well, that's why we should win this court case because those girls didn't even show up. They don't care. It's because they had made them so sick they literally couldn't – their bones and their spine could no longer support them. And these people had the chutzpah after knowing that to say that in open court. Like these are the people we're talking about. So realistically at the end of all this, what happens is the court cases do end up going through. Okay, They can only stall it for so long and even the court finally says I'm done with your shit. All right, Put up or shut up. And U.S. Radium Corporation, I know, was one of them. I want to say U.S. Radium Corporation and U.S. Dial Corporation were mm -hmm. together, and they settled out of court. Now, I don't know the exact numbers. I don't. I shouldn't say that. We know the exact numbers. I don't remember them. I think they all got a settlement of like $10,000. Now, of course, back then, holy shit, that was a lot of money. But I don't remember if it was a settlement for 10000 each or 10000 total. I think so it was 10000 each. But the sad part about that is the women weren't like – they weren't suing – to like make, to ensure like their family's wealth. You know what they were suing for, Ben? Their funeral and medical expenses. Their funeral expenses because they knew they were going to die. And all they wanted these people to pay for was their funerals so that their family didn't have to. Well, I think they were also trying to get safe work conditions in there as well. But monetarily wise, that's what they stuck with was like, well, we don't even need a lot of money. We need, you know, our court our, you know, funeral, like living expenses while we've been out of work, you know, stuff like that. They did end up settling for like a large, I, again, I shouldn't say large, a large sum for back then. And then they did get a stipend. Like they each got like so much money a month, but we're saying like $16 for the you know, rest again, of their lives. Yes. Which was now, like, <laughs> not for yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, don't get me wrong. $16 is still like $400, but is that worth a human life? Absolutely not in any way. 
So each of the surviving, this is a quote, each of the surviving women received a settlement of $10,000, which is about $149,000 in today's money, and a $600 per year annuity and payment of all their legal expenses. What I want to get at is the money is not important. Okay, they did not make enough money to make up for losing their lives or what their families had to go through watching them die. Okay, because this wasn't quick, not that you ever want to see anyone you love die, but to watch them die slowly because of the misdeeds and lies of another person has got to be one of the most torturous things I've ever even heard of. And so these girls making this money shouldn't symbolize to you that justice was given because it wasn't what this was is this was at least an acknowledgement that those corporations knew that they were wrong they knew where they were wrong they knew they screwed up and that's really when they should have been you know crucified to be completely honest they didn't but they should have been guess what was one of the main reasons that osha was founded what case i'm going to speculate because of what we're talking about <laughs> yeah. it was yes. dropped a hammer on his foot in Hackensack, New Jersey, and that was what really caught. Weirdly enough, that is correct. That is absolutely correct. But it was, but also it was in Hoboken. Wrong. Yeah, it was in Hoboken. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, get, I get them mixed up. I mean, God damn you, Ben. <laughs> it was either that guy or the or, Radium Girls. Oh. What do, what do you know? Huh. I don't know when Radium kind of fell out of favor. That's one thing I don't know. Do you know in your encyclopedia of knowledge there, Lakin? When we stopped using, I do know that they still use, obviously, for the longest time, they were using slightly radioactive, but it was a less, I want to say it was tritium. So it's a material that absorbs light much better than it than produces. So that's why you had to shine some light on it or something, if you remember those watches from the 80s. But it's a much safer product than having something that's just openly radioactive on watch faces. Doesn't seem like a problem. It does seem like a problem, but I got to be real honest. If I'm in a trench in World War One, and the alternative is either you can have something minuscule and possibly radioactive attached to your wrist, or you can have a guy shoot bullets at your face, I'm going to take the chance on the wristwatch. So I get how this started. What I don't understand is how it ended. So in 1941, according to my Encyclopedia of Knowledge, Tom... Thank you. In 1941 is when the national, they had a national bureau of standards and they established a tolerance level for radium. And then the center for human radiobiology was established in 1968. So I think about that time is when they started saying, Hey, this shit ain't all that cool. Yeah. When there's a bunch of professional radioactive guys, they go, no, don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's what happened. Yeah. You know what? We sh- probably should have had them wearing those lead vests, come to think of it. Yeah. Yeah. Bunch of jerks. Good thing they got syphilis and died instead. Oh, uh, yeah. it's Yeah. Those poor girls getting all that syphilis, painting watch faces. I mean, they put no, out their death certificates. And you know that even after they won this court case, Ben, some of the death certificates were, were fixed, but most of them remained. That these so on their death certificates they say syphilis still. Yeah. Just sad. So what did our great grandmother die of? And then they find this death certificate. They're like, Mom, what's syphilis? Yeah. Try explaining that one to your kids. And then she's like, It's VD. It's VD. And VD's cool, kids. That's what you say. Okay, so I'm assuming because they were ingesting it, then they were radioactive to other people around them. How long would they be radioactive? 
Okay. Oh, that's a great question. I knew I knew I knew she was waiting for this one. I'm glad you asked, Ben. I'm gonna I'm gonna read this to you because this is some this is just crazy. When I read it, I was like, oh man, I got it. So this is a quote. It says the legacy of the radium girls certainly remains, and so does the radium that killed many of them. In 1927, Amelia Magia, which is Molly's sister, her cause of death was listed as syphilis, but her friends and her family were like, no, that can't be it. So they had this group of scientists exhume her body. And upon opening the coffin, they found that her remains were still glowing. So this was a couple of years after she had died. And remind you, like, so at this point, they were in wooden coffins. You know, it wasn't like they were waterproof like they are today. Like, so she was still glowing. It said, it's been almost 100 years since these women were infected with radium poisoning, but the radium is far from gone. The half-life of radium is particularly long, 1,600 years. So it still exists in the remains. When a scientist with a Geiger counter walked over the graves of some of the radium girls, it showed that their bodies were still, in fact, radioactive. 100 years later. So for a long-ass time, then, that's how long. Long-ass time. Curie is still in a lead coffin, and her books and papers are still sealed because the paper is still radioactive. Yeah, I'd heard that. When she said the half-life, I was like, I know it's a long-ass time. I know that. I don't know exactly what it is. 1,600 years. Jesus. Yeah, longer than I'll be around. Yeah. But this podcast will still be there. So This podcast will still be there. fact. (laughs) This one or the other one. One of them. Yeah. Will be. <laughs> one of them will be. Yeah. Lake and I appreciate you coming on the show. And it's interesting, but it's also just very depressing and disheartening to know that this occurred a little over 100 years ago in our country. And still, like we kind of alluded to earlier, still probably occurs in some way, shape, or form now. And I mean, clearly it was syphilis. Obviously. Clearly. clearly. I know that's what's going to kill Tom. <laughs> Only if I'm lucky. <laughs> I've had a really, I've had a good time, guys. I have to get with Tom because I've got like two other super badass stories that would be super fun to cover. I don't care what one you guys tell me next. So, okay. I don't care. We'll see. So, if you're out there listening and you liked this story and you want Lake to come back and tell us these other two quote badass unquote stories that she has. Let us know, JSP at JustinPodcast.com, and we will schedule another time for Lakin to come on. Or tell us how terrible she was. That's also fully well. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Right, can I get a zero she, star? Yeah. yeah. Trust me. I want to know how shitty she did because no one is going to enjoy telling her more how shitty she did than me. So you'd let me know. On that note, wash your hands. Have a great week. Hey, everybody, stay safe out there. Don't handle radium. Don't try this at home, folks. <laughs> there you go. I like that. <laughs> but swearing just to pass the time. Lately, I see why I am alone. I caught some road bridge and I thought of you. And all the many times.